So Jeff Diamond, who does the Jeff Diamond Show here at TalkNorth.com and was longtime Vikings general manager, longtime Vikings employee before he became general manager, he said this week, John, that this might be the most exciting regular season he's ever seen from the Minnesota Vikings. And whoa, given, whoa. given his tenure and his longevity in the market and the amount of years he spent actually working for the team, that blew me away. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, he might be right. What's your gut reaction to that outrageous statement? It, it, my gut reaction is that um, this has been a very fun season. It's been a lot of really close games down to the wire games. And so I can see why Jeff might say that. But I also was alive in 1998 and 2009. And those two teams as like immediately dominant as they were and sort of as the anticipation built as the season went along. I think those were more exciting, just maybe less because the games were coming down to the wire and all of that, but more so of just like what the possibilities were for both of those teams. Um, so I would just initially with a, uh, a half a second of thinking about it, go to those two before this one. But I do see the logic in that, hey, every game it seems to be is coming down to the wire there there's some you know big plays that are needed maybe you know the unexpected success of this team has been exciting as well so um so i i i i'm not totally dismissing it but i i just remember Brett Favre i remember Randy Moss's rookie season and those were comets out of the sky and that's totally different than what this team is right and that and that's the thing anytime we're going to do Historical comparisons in sports, the context is everything. If you want to talk about a season where almost all the games come down to the last drive or two and where, uh, you know, you really don't know what you're going to see from week to week, this season has been incredibly exciting on a week-by-week basis. I think, as you said, 98, they blew out almost everybody they played. Uh, But there was the sense that you were seeing history and that that team could win a Super Bowl and break the Vikings' drought. And so it was exciting in a completely different way. And it was also exciting because it was one of the greatest offensive shows we've ever seen. And they had, you know, David Palmer was like their eighth best offensive player and he was spectacular, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 09, that was my first reaction when Jeff said that. I said, okay, well, let me go back and look at 09. Because I remember 09 being maybe the, the most thrilling season I ever covered. And you had the two Favre Aaron Rodgers games. You had uh, the, the Greg... Was it? Oh boy, Greg Lewis. Yep, Greg Lewis. Game. I almost said Greg yep. Williams. The Greg Lewis catch in the back of the end zone. You had, you did have a certain number of close games. You had a late season swoon that they had to come out of, and then they had one of the most impressive playoff victories ever against the Cowboys in the Metrodome. But once again, it depends on context. If you want to talk about anticipation, feeling like you're seeing history, feeling like you're seeing a team that could win the Super Bowl. 98 and 09 Trump this year. If you want to talk about just week to week, you're probably going to see an exciting fourth quarter this week. Then this, this, you can make an argument for this team. Yeah, absolutely. On, on those grounds, if that's what we're talking about in terms of just like your heart palpitations week to week, this team has given you all of that for sure. Um, and in most cases, almost all of the cases, they are coming through in those moments. And I do think that there is something uniquely sort of thrilling about this team in that they are doing it with a quarterback who no one really believed in before the season started, rightfully so. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins had a lot on his resume to say, oh, man, like, 
what are we doing? Where are we going? And if you get into big moments, if you get into tough spots, he's not going to be the one to bail you out of them. Well, this year he has been the one with Justin Jefferson to make these big plays in the fourth quarter. So not only are they exciting and not only are they winning a lot of these games that are coming down to the wire, but it's coming in a very unexpected fashion. And so that is a good combination to have when you're talking about just overall excitement, sort of surprise, um, and 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 just tense moments that generally are working out well for this team. Um, absolutely, that's uh, that definitely is the the case with this group for sure. I also think the most endearing teams are the ones that have unexpected success. You think yes. back to the you know the what was it, the the two thousand one Twins. I mean. 2002 twins those teams might be as you know as beloved as any in twin cities history because they're just a bunch of kids who had no idea what they're doing and all of a sudden they're winning divisions and going to the alcs and everything else and then then once we get used to that level of success then that level of success is no longer satisfactory and you get mad because they're losing the first round of the playoffs you know so the the cool thing about this team is even though i don't think anybody expected them to be bad nobody expected them to be nine and two Hundred percent, yeah. Like I, I picked them to be nine and eight at the start of the season. I just did not see what 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 the the changes that were made that were significant enough to sort of vault uh, a team that looked to be adrift uh, in the sea um, into contention. And it turns out that uh, I think Kevin O'Connell just deserves so much of the credit for being the leader that came in and stabilized and re-energized an entire franchise. And they have the, the the players have really responded to the way that he's gone about things. And so now with the systems and the schemes in place and then with the, the style of leadership that Kevin O'Connell has, uh, you're seeing players play better than they have before. And that's the mark of a great coach and a great leader is raising the level of play of your guys. And they have done that to a degree that I never saw coming. And so in that respect, um, it's been both unexpected and sort of pleasantly surprising, I guess, to see a group that let's face it, Jim, last year, it was not a very likable group. Like it, the way that they were playing, the, you know, the, the way that they were carrying themselves, the decisions that they were making, um, it just did not seem like a team that would be easy for fans to get behind. But now this, the, the whole, aura the whole kind of just operation and the vibes and everything has changed around them and they are a hard playing group that seems to be stuck together that believes in each other that plays all the way to the end and that's the kind of most endearing teams and i i do think kind of circling all the way back to jeff's uh original statement i do think that there is something unique about watching a team pl- exceed expectations and play better than maybe you think they are they should be capable of playing this is not like 98 and 09 both teams were just stacked with talent and hall of fame talent and um and and really overwhelmed opponents because they were so talented this is not that team this team has some you you know some individual great great players but by and large you're seeing a group that is bonding together and and playing better than maybe you would think they should play and that's that's a satisfying watch when you're when when you're in the middle of a season no doubt about it this is the viking update show this is one of our two viking shows at talktorth.com you see the archives and all the other shows at talktorth.com we recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app 
Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can follow us on Twitter as long as Twitter exists at TalkNorthPod. See the shows as they're released and our live show schedule. Uh, next live show we have for the, on the sports side of the network, I believe, is December 15th, 7 p.m., Head Flyer Brewing, uh, one of the proud sponsors of the John Krasinski Show here at the network is going to host the uh, Gloria Ramsey's Winter Wear Drive and the Cheryl Reeves Show. It'll be a blast. Recommend you showing up 7 p.m. December 15th at Headflyer Brewing. Thanks to the sponsors of this show, Starbank. Uh, also, uh, thanks to our longtime sponsors, the John Krasinski Show, the TSR Injury Law, and Headflyer Brewing. Uh, and thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. So the Jets are coming to town, and this game, to me, is emblematic of just how well the NFL has managed parity and uncertainty. Uh, we looked at the schedule in August and we thought, okay, they're going to beat the Jets. They're going to beat the Lions. You know, those are bad teams. Uh, even if the Vikings aren't having a very good season, they'll win those games. Now you look at it and the Jets might be the toughest team remaining on the schedule. Yeah, it, it is crazy, Jim. And and that's why, you know, I I was on with Barrero earlier this week and we were kind of just talking about what lays in front of the Vikings here and the opportunity that is there. And you look at the schedule and I would say, yeah, this game coming up against the jets is the toughest game remaining on the schedule, but it is at home. And then I'm, you know, I'm looking at the lions next week in Detroit yep. as a feisty team that makes is going to make you beat them. Um, they're not going to beat themselves. And so then you have these two, those two games that are probably, the most ripe for another loss that would come after that. Whew, I mean, where, where do, where does this team lose another game? Like that's the thing. And so, um, you know, you're, you're kind of doing the math in your head and you're thinking, can the Vikings really finish the season 15 and two? Like it's possible. It, it's, it, it, and it, it, you could even almost say it's likely cause they'll probably be favored in every single game the rest of the season. Um, and so it's right there for them. I don't, I think they're going to have, they're going to stub their toe at one point or another down the stretch here. And I think this might be the week for that because the jets are so good defensively and you can see they are kind of rallying around Mike white. Um, they're maybe trying to send the young hotshot Zach Wilson, a little bit of a message about how to lead a team. And, and so th those teams are the most dangerous when they are talented as the Jets are on defense, but also when they seem like they're playing for something a little bit bigger than just the game. And I think that they are very determined to back Mike White as much as possible and show that, you know, hey, this guy is someone that we respect and want to be led by, unlike the cocky, you know, uh, number two overall pick kind of guy. And and so that's why I think this one is going to be as physical and as difficult a game as they're going to play until they get to the playoffs. Agree completely. All right, the rest of the show, I want to get into more Vikings issues. I want to talk about uh, the division, Aaron Rodgers, some other things happening around the league. Uh, at the moment, though, I want to let you know that's, that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Uh, and once again, thanks to Headflyer Brewing for being a great supporter of the John Krasinski Show and the host of 
Glory Ramsey's Winter Wear Drive and the Cheryl Reeve Show on December 15th. Uh, so I'm a, there, it's, I'm stumbling because I was trying to think of what are the challenges facing the Vikings right now. And it's amazing how healthy they've been all year. Cousins is typically yeah. durable. Jefferson's been healthy. Thielen's been healthy. Cook's been healthy. Osborne's been healthy. Hawkinson's been healthy. It's like they've been so healthy at so many key positions. Darasaw's concussion is the one worrisome injury for me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he he is the guy that really, I think, anchors the offensive line and can turn a, an offensive line from a decent one into a potentially really good one just with the way that he dominates the line of scrimmage um, as, as, as stout as he has been. I am. I was very impressed with how they handled themselves against New England without him um, against a very good pass rush. And so, yeah, I think that that one is big that you watch closely and you see, you know, how is he going to be able to come back from those issues? And then the other one, you know, they've they've been banged up uh, at defensive back a little bit. And, you know, they don't have, you know, necessarily star players. I think Peterson's had a really good season, but, you know, Caleb Evans, um, Andrew Booth is, you know, is out now. But it wasn't like they were huge parts of of the equation, but just the depth there is a little bit concerning. Um, But by and large, I mean, the way that they've gotten to this point, knock on wood, has been really uh, encouraging and also a huge part of their success. And part of it is, I mean, you have guys like cousins who has been durable his whole career. Jefferson again, knock on wood so far has looked like a player who's pretty tough and, and, and doesn't get hurt very much. Thielen plays through injuries as well as probably any um, Vikings receiver I've seen. Um, And then, you know, you have guys like Kendricks, you have guys like Dalvin cook who have a little bit of a history of getting banged up um, that, that maybe that, surfaces over the rest of this stretch but they are looking like they're in good shape but you're right I think it, they need to have Christian Derrissaw uh at left tackle you know into December into January with with the playoffs to really have a chance to make a run here Patrick Peterson getting after Kyler Murray has produced all kinds of different <laughs> reactions and one of the things I've been asked uh, on my various appearances is, boy, sh- you know, shouldn't Patrick Peterson have reached out personally? Shouldn't he have ha- mm. had this conversation with Kyler Murray? And it, it just, it, that's not necessarily wrong, but it just reminded me how often, you know, too many people, and I think in our business and maybe even our society, we want to, we care more about how the truth is managed than about hearing the truth. I, I think what Patrick Peterson is saying about Kyler Murray is just true. And yes. Maybe he could have handled it a little differently or better. But I think we also need to understand that football teams are not like basketball teams. Okay, a basketball team goes to the locker room, and it's however many people, 12 people in a very small space, all looking at each other. Uh, there's it, These are very compact places. They fly on, on team charters together. It's a, it's, a, it's a tight window, a tight space. Football teams... Defensive players might not even get to know some offensive players well. They they don't spend all that much time together. It's a huge locker room. They're on different meeting schedules. So I, I just think I'll just take Patrick Peterson saying something that he believes to be true and not worry about how it's all managed. Well, and here's the other thing, Jim. Maybe he did already right. reach out to Kyler while he was in Arizona or after he left Arizona. Maybe he tried to say, hey, young fella, 
you're you're doing things a little bit the wrong way here or or try and look after yourself a little bit. It's entirely possible knowing the kind of person that Patrick Peterson has proven to be here in Minnesota, the kind of leader. Um, he doesn't seem like a guy that just shoots off the cuff no. at someone. Um, so I, you know, I am not going to 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 sit back and 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 say with certainty that he didn't try to reach out to Kyler at one time or another, maybe several times either with Arizona or afterward, trying to give him some counsel and trying to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing and here's what we'd like to see out of you. And he wasn't rebuffed. Um, that, that's that's entirely possible as well. So I just don't think that we have near enough information to say um, one way or the other. And also just kind of, I think there are some players, like Patrick Peterson is not Terrell Owens, is not... No. Um, you know, a, a, a quote unquote, like a loud mouth that, that just shoots from the hip. Like, I, I think that, at, you know, the podcast that he does is very entertaining and he clearly is more candid, I think, than a lot of people, certainly a lot of active players would be in that, in that scenario. But he's also incredibly intelligent and um, I'm sure picks his spots to do, to say what he says. And, and so when, when someone of his ilk says it, I'm going to give it more credence than what someone who is maybe less reliable, um, maybe who is, you know, you, you just look at it and you say, does, does this guy really have any idea of what's going on here? Or can I trust what he's saying? Patrick Peterson's a guy that I trust. So I would, I'm just going to just say that I think that he knows what he's doing. Um, he, and there's an, it's, there, it's entirely possible that he did try and go that other route previously before, firing away at Kyler and also Jim who cares like like so one cornerback doesn't like the quarterback from another team they don't play together they they've already played um against each other this season they are not going to meet again like what's the big deal I, I guess I just don't um I don't get that part of it either well the big deal is that the NFL is the absolute king of making people care about its league and its product yeah. every day of the year. And so when, when you have the most popular uh, sport in history in North America, one that is covered intensely by every media outlet uh, that is all over, you know, the sports channels all day, whether it's uh, ESPN or talk radio, or whatever. I mean, frankly, we produce so much content. All of us produce so much content around the Vikings and the NFL that when anything that's actually interesting happens, we go nuts with it because most of the stuff we write about and talk about, frankly, isn't inherently interesting. It's only interesting because we care so much about this league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that much is true. And especially, I think, in a league where, in general, like, this is more of an NBA storyline than an NFL one, mm -hmm. frankly. I mean, like, you, NFL players, whether it's because of their contracts aren't guaranteed or or any number of things, they're just not at usually as candid about things like this as as we do see in the NBA. So, um, so, so that much is interesting. And I do think like if I'm an, if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan or if I'm an Arizona Cardinals reporter and trying to get to the bottom of what's going right and wrong there, I mean, that, that, that those are tea leaves to, to be read. I mean, I, I think that it's the same when you see 
the way that the Seattle players had responded when Russell Wilson started to struggle uh, in Denver and Geno Smith kind of grabbed hold of that team. And now some like with the benefit of time, some some of the real sort of feelings about um, uh, teammates, about their their leaders are are starting to come out a little bit. And, And the Cardinals have had, I think it's fair to say, a disappointing season. And Kyler Murray has a huge, huge contract. And so, um, so I guess I, I, you know, I do see the intrigue there. And I, I just do believe that a guy like Patrick Peterson, who has been in the league as long as he has and is respected as he is, when he says something, it should carry more weight than, um, you know, than when, you know, somebody who is um, made it clear that he's not in it for the right things and maybe doesn't have a clear handle on how things work says the same thing. So, um, all, all to be said is like, yeah, if Patrick Peterson says it, I'm sure it comes from a place of, of a lot of thought and he would not go down that road if he didn't think that he already had tried other avenues. And if he didn't think that Kyler Murray needed to hear that. And so, um, so he chose to do it and, and the way that he chooses to do it, I give him the benefit of the doubt on. Uh, Agreed. The division the Vikings have never been in a position to clinch a division title this early in the season. And that is a combination of the, the Vikings being remarkably uh, good, effective, efficient, whatever word you want to use. And the rest of the division being almost unimaginably bad. Uh, the Packers are terrible. And, and now Rogers has some sore ribs and Jordan love looked good. It, it, if you're a Viking fan, I mean, you, you better enjoy this season. You might not see this combination. you it's not that the Vikings will never be good again. It's not that the Packers will never be bad again. But we might not ever see this combination of Viking overachievement and Packer underachievement in the same season. True. Very true, Jim. Um, this, I, I think that this is going to be a high watermark. And that doesn't mean that the Vikings can't win a bunch of more division titles under Kevin O'Connell. And in this, in this new era that they're entering, they certainly could position themselves to be at the, at the head of the class for a long time here. But um, the combination of them being good and the Packers being a mess is about as as great as you could hope for as a as a Vikings fan, because we all know, understandably so, that um, a lot of Vikings fans take more delight in Packer misery than they do Vikings joy. A part of it because they're just bracing for when the Vikings inevitable letdown comes. But part of it is, is that Packer fans are really annoying sometimes. And, um, and maybe the Vikings fans would be the same if they had two hall of fame quarterbacks for the last 25 years and, and had a lot of the success that green Bay has had. But um, they de- Vikings fans delight in seeing their rivals down. And those guys are down bad right now. Um, the Vikings, meanwhile, you know, the, the Packers are this huge disappointment. Everyone expected a lot more. And the Vikings are this huge surprise, like everyone expected a lot less. And so that combination of factors um, is going to be kind of unique in the arc of this team, because whatever happens this year now, Jim, it seems like the Vikings are headed toward the playoffs and whether they win a couple of games, whether they go to the Super Bowl or whether they um, they, they fall flat in the playoffs, whatever it is, they're going to enter next season with more expectations than they had this year. And expectations, ask the Timberwolves, are not fun sometimes to deal with. This has kind of been just a, a really 
surprisingly fun season because so few people saw it coming. And so they are enjoying that at the same time, seeing as, as how surprising the Packers have been and how, and how bad they have been. Like that's, that is the middle of the Venn diagram of Viking fan joy. That is, you know, it's not going to be matched very often. No doubt about it. Now I have a theory about how the rest the Packers season should go if we're looking at maximum benefit for the Vikings. Have you thought about that? What would you like to see have? If you're looking at it through the window, we're writers. We're not, you know, we're not quote unquote fans. We're observers. But if you're looking at it through the prism of Viking fandom, what should you hope for for the rest of the season for the Packers? Well, I think you what you want to see, right, is like is them make a decision to shut down Aaron Rodgers. Um and start Jordan Love, and he plays at least well enough, not great, but at least well enough that there is a discussion going into the offseason about what they want to do. And because of Aaron Rodgers' contract, they're probably going to keep Aaron Rodgers um, and, and and keep going with him. That, But that's going to create some more tension within the team. And potentially, um, it really does uh, you just throw more drama into the mix and make it a lot more difficult for uh, that team to find a path forward uh, and a new identity. And it maybe makes Aaron Rodgers more determined to come back. And if he is sliding in his career and not as good as he once was, all of a sudden the entire Packers identity is lost. And so um, it, if you you want a gradual erosion of Aaron Rodgers' talent combined with behind the scenes drama with Jordan Love, that just makes it you know an incredibly um, big headache for the Packers to navigate. That's what I would say. What about you? That's exactly right. I will add to that that what the what Viking fans don't want to have happen is they don't want to want to have their division rivals play so badly down the stretch that they end up with like a top two, top three draft pick because uh, there are there's some real talent coming out in this next draft. There's some real quarterback talent coming out at the top of the draft. And what you don't want is one of these teams to be able to take a top two or three draft pick, uh, trade it to somebody for a fortune in draft picks uh, and and be able to move down, still get good players and, and have that uh, ability to rebuild. So I think, I think, I think Jordan Love playing well enough to cause them all kinds of problems uh, and also keep them from having a top draft pick is ideal. I also don't think the Vikings want to see the Lions or the Bears with the top two draft pick. So they want those teams to not completely tank. Yes, absolutely. Anything to keep them out of uh, out of those positions. um, Absolutely the best case scenario for them going forward and anything that can inject some toxicity or drama behind the scenes uh double down on that like that's that's exactly because i i'll say jim like i like what the lions are doing um i i i I know that they've made some mistakes in game management and things but i think that team really responds to dan campbell and so if they get a higher pick and then they get a good really good quarterback in there that's a team that can be a little dangerous. Um, same with the Bears; they they have a little bit more talent. They are and and if Fields is for real, um, that they can be a bit of a threat. Um, but the Packers are the one that has the potential to either stabilize themselves after a, just a one rough year and parlay that into good picks and into increased talent and going forward with some stability and just get right back in the hunt, 
or this could be the beginning of uh, Rome crumbling. And um, and so if they can somehow find a way to split the middle and stay out of that top five or eight, um, you know, maybe even top 10 of picks and and still have to deal with all of the Aaron Rodgers headaches that are going to come in the offseason, uh, that's going to be the best case scenario for the Vikings. All right, one more segment. Let's preview the Jets game on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, check out TalkNorth.com. Again, subscribing is the best way to listen, and it's free. Uh, also, you can go to TalkNorth.com. You'll see Russo, LaPanta, Cheryl Reeve, John Krasinski, Jeff Diamond, John Millay, Mike, uh, um, excuse me, uh, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee, outdoor content. Check it all out. You'll find something you like. We do appreciate you listening to the network. So I think... I think this is a really interesting matchup. These, I, you can say the Vikings are the better team. They're playing at home and they're coming off a 10-day rest, and that's all true, and they should have those advantages uh, perf- affect the game. But Jets have a very physical defensive front. They might be able to take advantage of Darisaw being out. Uh, they have an excellent cornerback in Sauce. Uh, they have a, a good secondary. Uh, they are able to run the ball. And, you know, Wilson – I mean, excuse me uh, – Mike White might be able to uh, pick on a bad Vikings pass defense. So it's not an easy uh, matchup. But if you want to make a pick, what would the pick be? Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, like I think they they should be favored to win. And I, I kind of actually think that they will. But I, I am of the mind, big picture, I don't think they're going to run the table the rest of the season. I think there's going to be one game, maybe even two, where they do stub their toe and they have to get back kind of on the winning track. And I think the Jets are the best team they're going to face the rest of the way. I think that the, you know, they made the Vikings, let's face it, for as good of a win as it was against the Patriots, they made Mac Jones look like Tom Brady. Mac Jones is not a very good quarterback. So are they going to make Mike White look like Joe Namath? It's possible. Like, and so um, I also just think that the Jets defense is, is good enough to cause the Vikings problems. And so I have to think that they are going to drop one game sometime between now and the end of the season. And this is the game that seems the most likely for them to drop, even though they are at home. So I think I'm actually going to go with the jets here. Very close game, like a 23, 21 game. Um, Probably maybe I'll regret it walking out of the the building, but um, I just think that they have a lot of the ingredients to make life tough for the Vikings. And I don't think that they're going to finish 15 and two. So, you know, 14 and three would still be great. Um, and, and I think that the rest of the games are, are even more winnable than this one. And so if they go out and win on Sunday, that's not just like, Oh, they just beat the jets. And they're moving forward. That's going to be a really good win for them. And, and so I, I want to see that happen, but I just think that there's got to be some time where they, where they don't, put it all together and they, and they walk out um, a little with a little bad taste in their mouth. And I think this might be the week. I'm going to take the Vikings in a very similar pick, like 24, 21, something like that. But I do think they're going to, here's my view. I think they're going to lose two more games. I think they'll lose either to the jets or the lions. And I think they will lose either at green Bay or Chicago, either for some reason, either because they don't care, because they don't; those games mean nothing uh, because of weather, whatever. I don't see them winning two road games in cold conditions at the end. So I think they're going to go four and two the rest of the way, uh, end up thirteen and four, uh, which would be a great season. Uh, so I think this game's a toss up. But you know what? 
that that's the NFL. It's going to be a blast to watch. John and I will both be there. Uh, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks for listening to the Viking Update Show. We will be back next week to preview that Lions game.